Podcast. I'm Johnny. He's George. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of random kind of things. Uh, some Ohio State news that we'll get into. Not as not as fun as it had been the past few weeks, but we'll get into it as well. Let's start with this, though. Michigan sports. I think there's some drama going on there. And, and if you aren't aware, uh, Shimmy Schimbeckler, the son of Michigan coach Bo Schimbeckler, has uh, resigned from his recruiting job after I think, uh, look, this is my watch. I'm looking at my watch. Uh, three days, something like that, uh, approximately 24 to 48 you know, hours. It wasn't long. Yeah, not very long. Uh, and it was after a bunch of tweets resurfaced, a bunch of likes actually on Twitter um, that uh, that Shimmy Schimbeckler had you know, liked on his own personal account. A lot of racist stuff, some transphobic stuff, just basically things that, you know, probably not – a good look for a university to hire a guy, uh, especially when they're, uh, you know, supposedly committed to diversity and, you know, accepting all people and all that kind of stuff. So he went out pretty quickly. Here's my personal take on that. I'm not going to go deep into like what he liked or any of that kind of stuff or his opinions. Cause frankly, I don't know the guy beyond, you know, some pretty horrible likes and some tweets that he apparently enjoyed, but what baffles me, what blows my mind is that this is a guy who, on the dent of his name alone, was able to get hired at a public university at a pretty high-profile position to make a ton of money. And like I said on Twitter last night, I feel like I had more vetting at Olive Garden to be a waiter than this guy did to be a huge member of the recruiting effort. I I don't understand how nepotism can get so ingrained in a public university, particularly at a place like Michigan, maybe especially at a place like Michigan, uh, for this kind of thing to happen. It takes two clicks on the dude's profile on Twitter. That's it. I don't understand that. Well, it's, it, you know, I, you go and look at his resume and uh, he, he spent 20 years as an NFL scout okay. before taking this job. Um he had there's a bit of a gap from like 2013 to 2019 but the interesting thing is from 2019 to 2023 he was a scout with the las vegas raiders um and all those tweets that led to him losing this gig were (laughs) presumably still up not necessarily new during that time frame right exactly so it's uh well, actually, now that I, now that I'm looking at some of the content again, most of the stuff actually did get posted this year. Uh, uh, most of the recent stuff, so it go, it go, but it goes back to January. So he, um, you know, this is a guy that held a, a visible position within an NFL franchise, and you know, just kind of coasted to your point. Uh, on the success of his family name, which is something that you see a lot in, um, you know, the the front office and uh, just sort of behind the scenes. Sure, but these are those are private companies, right? Those are private organizations where they can make those kind of decisions, and people don't really bat an eye. I just and look, Ohio State obviously is not immune from that either. But like, it, it just blows my mind that public institutions, where supposedly the vetting and the um, you know, concern about public image and all that kind of stuff is so strong. And, you know, when it comes to the athletic department, it feels like sometimes, well, that all goes out the window because the dude has a name and we know the guy and, oh, well, he's, you know, he was in the NFL. So that's great. So we're not going to do any kind of background check. We're not going to ask other people what this guy's like. Um, and then, you know, if something easily found resurfaces just, a few hours later, okay, well, then we're going to have to like kick him out. And it just, the lack of due diligence is what blows my mind. That's what I think so crazy about it. Because for every other position, if you, if you want to be, you know, brought in pretty much anywhere else in the university, it's not a simple two-step process where you just walk in and say, Hey, I want a job. And they're like, cool. We love you. Let's come, let's, let's come make magic together. It's, it's something that has to be, um, you know, talked about. And if you're, if you want to be a, you know, a professor, if you want to do anything with the university, it's going to be a long process to be able to be, you know, let in that door. Whereas if it's the athletic department and you've got the right last name, you're there in a couple of days. That's, that to me doesn't make sense. 
I mean, respectfully, we're we're sitting on the uh, the southern end of of Route 23 between Ann Arbor and Columbus <laughs> uh, in terms of where our hearts are. Sure. So I'm I'm trying to as much of I'm trying to look at this with as much of an objective angle as I can. That being said, I I hate Wolverines more than anything else in this life, and uh, you know I, I I'm just looking at this, and it doesn't what you're saying. I think in a general sense is true. But when you put it in the context of what we've seen from Michigan as an institution recently, I mean, they've had their eye off the ball in that athletic department on so many different things, whether it's the hockey team, whether it's it's so the the funniest thing about the the flip in the rivalry in the last two years, uh, aside from the fact that. You know, the, what I alluded to in an earlier podcast episode with the oh, Ohio State can't win in the cold now and Mi- Michigan are the, the manlier, burlier in the rivalry because <laughs> of that. Right. Um, right before they won that game, I mean, they were had good momentum from the season going into the game, but they were dealing with the fallout of the whole Bo Schembechler scandal with uh, Dr. Robert. Anderson, yep. I believe, was his name. Um, so it they 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 were not in good place with dealing with that. You've got all the stuff swirling around Jawan Howard within the last two years, the hockey team scandal, the, the you had the whole scandal with the president of the university resigning over uh, you know the the little affair he had uh, on his edu email address. Mm-hmm. That whole university is just like, in, from an institutional level, we consistently have seen demonstrated of late. They've had their eye off the ball on control stuff like right. this, so it it it's perfectly feasible where they would you know have a role like this and say, oh, we just you know we can defer to the name Schembechler, the the Michigan That's man, right. and uh, you know we'll be totally fine. Exactly. And the problem is, and look, it's not unique to Michigan. And, and as I said, you know, Ohio State is certainly not immune from any of those issues. I mean, we've seen a lot of things at Ohio State and in a similar vein. Um, it, it just, like I said, it's just striking. And you're right. And it's funny because that is, especially during the last two decades, you know, especially as it pertains to football, that was always the narrative that we heard from Michigan, right? It's like, well, we're losing, but it's because we're not, you know, like we're doing it the right way. Everybody else is doing it the wrong way. You just can't, you just can't win anymore doing things the right way. And, you know, I think some of those problems, some of those issues that you mentioned kind of undermine that claim a little bit. And I don't know that it was ever true anyway. I don't think that really has anything to do with it. I don't think there was, you know, somebody saying that we're not going to recruit your players. Okay. Well, that's fine. I don't think that that constitutes right way versus wrong way. I don't think, you know, abuse that's going on, you know, behind the scenes. Like, I don't think there's anything to do with football. I think that's a criminal thing. I think that's a, you know, a moral thing. I don't think it means that somebody's going to lose a football game because of it. Um, but it does undercut, I think overall what Michigan likes to claim to be a little bit. And this is, as you said, it's kind of part of a, you know, a pattern in the past few years that, that, definitely has taken them down a peg when it comes to that yeah they they're definitely more victors than uh leaders and best of late, right i would say at least from a uh, character perspective yeah, i would agree with that uh next thing that we have here this is interesting i know a lot of people are very excited about this people are pumped up i i have my takes i'm sure you have your takes uh ea sports people should know this getting back into the college football game you're going to have a video game based on college football. Matt Brown, Extra Points Matt Brown, has done a ton of legwork on this story over, you know, I think the course of a couple of years now at least. He's really been kicking butt on it. Um, one of the big pieces of news that came out this week is that Dynasty Mode, which I think is usually people's, like, favorite, you know, feature in these games. Uh, Dynasty Mode is going to be the – I like yeah, it. It's, I mean, you got to take Elon and then you make it the best. You know, you, you have them win five national championships in a row, and it's it's awesome. It used to be Appalachian State, and now that they actually, you know, a little you know, kind of awesome, you're like, oh, well, I got to find I was a William and Mary. William and Mary, that's so. a good choice. Um, you know, sometimes I would do one of the, uh, the directionals, like, you know, Eastern Michigan or something like that, because I was like, I've never heard of these. And then Ohio State would play them, and I'm like, oh, okay, I can't use them anymore because now they're – I would never do a nice thing for that. State. <laughs> That's fair. Um, 
Anyway, Dynasty Mode's back. The leaders at EA Sports, they've said, quote, it will be distinctly, uniquely college football and not just, quote, a clone of Madden or something else. Here's the thing. I Tell me lies, right. tell me sweet I, lies. I have played many EA games in my life. I've enjoyed quite a few of them. I'm not saying they're like terrible games. I'm not saying EA Sports is, you know, you shouldn't play FIFA or any of that kind of stuff. I just know that this is an organization that when they can do something cheaply or do the old control C, control V on certain things, they will absolutely do it. I have zero faith, zero faith that this will not just be a reskin Madden because that's what I think it's going to be. When they find a way to link NIL to microtransactions, you're going to lose your mind. <laughs> Everybody is. It's That's the direction we're headed. I mean, the thi- oh, but that really, I, it, it's going to oh be great God. when you, you know, have to effectively pay. It, it, the NIL actually is going to have a very, very interesting effect on how the recruiting in this game works because it's no longer just a, a merit-based That's system. Right. It's not, you know, just strictly based on what your program's offering. There is more of a financial incentive now. So that has actually sort of created a direct financial pipeline for ea to potentially create here in terms of oh if oh you my god want your dynasty to do well now i now here's what i'll say i i i because i i'm just listen i i don't want to see this i'm just trying You're to pre- set people's expectations George, stop it relative to who we're talking about here <laughs> i'm just acknowledging the realities of the situation oh my god um so li- listen there I can totally see them doing a pay-to-play system, but the problem is going to be people aren't going to want to pay-to-play the computer. No, no, it's going to be more of a pay-to-play thing, I think, with your friends. Right. So I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to be forcing an online-only sort of Dynasty mode because they were trying to roll that out with some of the later games is getting you to do the Dynasty right. modes with your friends. And I know we've seen that with some of the other basketball games that have existed. Uh, you know, I was about to, to say with 2K, I mean, 2K is like the yeah. epitome of like nickel and diming people, you know, in terms of microtransactions and all that kind of stuff. It, I feel like that's that's going to be the template. Actually, Madden, Madden may be like the actual, like if you're talking about well, the way the players look and how the game performs and everything, but if you're talking about how transactions work, 2K might be the actual like blueprint for that. If you only knew the scorn that Ultimate Team for FIFA and Madden are on credit cards of, oh of wealthy parents across <laughs> this country and probably the world in terms of FIFA oh, teams, yeah. like... No, so this they're just looking at it the same thing. I I don't know what nil versus microtransactions is going to look like, but I you you could just imagine that they're going to look. Dude, that's a somehow. honestly, it's I have somehow. not heard that. I have not heard that opinion, and I think that is an unbelievable point. Like that is such a good point on that because they have said specifically that nil is going to be a part of this. There will be player likenesses in this. Okay, they are going to be compensated for it, which is great. I love that. I think everybody loves that. That's how we got this game back is by saying that, okay, well, if you're going to use specific players and their likenesses, you better be compensating them for it. That's great. I think that's perfect. However, the integration of NIL and microtransactions, if you're not familiar with microtransactions, it's basically the idea that you buy the game and then if you want extra things in the game, like let's say you want a new uniform or you want to play in a different stadium or any kind of small thing that they can then add to it, you have to pay for it. And, and what a lot of gamers uh, balk at is this idea that oftentimes incomplete games might be released or games that don't have as much content as they normally would, which will then be added on the back end as an extra you know thing that you have to pay for that you normally wouldn't have to. That's what we call microtransactions. And the, the idea of like NIL or... I mean, I think NFTs are basically dead at this point, but the idea that you could buy um, microtransactions specifically from a player, right? Like players will be advertising, like maybe you can have like a certain emote, right? Like when I score a touchdown, I'm going to do this kind of thing. You can buy it directly from the player and then it'll appear in your EA game. That would be actually kind of awesome. And I think it would benefit the player, but I I think it's not going to be something as like, 
fun or engaging as that. I think it's going to be much more like no, it's it's going to be it costs you six thousand dynasty bucks to get Caleb Williams right. out of the transfer portal. That's right. that's, that's, that's what it's going to exactly right, exactly right. No, that's and that's the other thing too because like, well, I play for Ohio State. You're saying you want to put me on Michigan? Well, then you're going to have to pay to put me on Michigan. <laughs> and so it's it's fascinating because that is an angle. God. One of us has to write an article about this. That is an angle. Roster adjustments cost $20. Oh, my God, dude. That is an angle that I think we need to write about, we need to explore a little bit. because. And granted – It's all you, man. (laughs) I'm trying to think of a way to do it without getting sued. But – you know that I guess that hasn't been a super big concern with some of my, my previous writing. But here's the thing. I think people will be super excited for this. Regardless, however it shakes out, it could be like a 2K situation where everything is just, they're just trying to kill you with these microtransactions and the Robux, you know, (laughs) like they're just trying to get you and and the kids who are playing it to pay as much money as possible after you've already paid for the game. Um, I still think it's going to be wildly successful because... Uh, I think we're heading for one of the great letdowns in video games. I do too, but people are going to buy it. That our listeners are warned for it. There's going to be a big media blitz. Because it is going to be a Madden clone. And Madden's gotten worse year over year. Every year since I would say about 2016, right around when I graduated college. And what you have to understand is they're, they're trying to capitalize on the fact that there's been almost a... It's a, 14 was the last one, so it's so, effectively yeah. been a decade-long layoff. There's going to be a big blitz of like influencers and stuff that like a month before the game that there's going to be a whole EA marketing thing in terms of how good it it supposedly the return is going to be. They'll have players playing the it sky on ESPN. High. It's a, the NIL stuff for this is going to be dirty, and then it's going to come out. And I think it's going to it's going to be a great reflection of everything that's wrong with the moment we're in right now, in terms of how much of a letdown it is for everybody involved. Yeah. That is my bold opinion. And when it happens, Johnny, you can write about it. I'm excited. And you can point out that I said it was going to happen. I don't need to write it. I'll be happy enough to read my name. In your By the way. Uh, Ultimate team, right? And this goes across FIFA, Madden, and NHL. Um, how much money do you think EA made? In, uh, I, I just pulled up for 2021, but how much money do you think they made in 2021 off the of ultimate team? Uh, I, I almost don't want to ask. Uh, de- hundreds of millions, I would guess. Yes. Uh, $1.62 billion. Okay, ultimate right. team. I didn't... I, so it's gone. It was it was like I think high hundreds of millions, yeah. like somewhere around seven eight hundred when I stopped playing Madden around like four years ago. I think um, fiscal year twenty twenty one across those three titles, one point six two billion dollars. Um, that's I bet COVID probably helped pump. Oh, that I'm up sure it did. Yeah, three years in terms of just people getting more stuck inside that. Uh, that's coming for this game too, and I don't think enough people are acknowledging that reality. They're just stuck in the nostalgia mindset that this is going to be a product that, you know, this it's going to fulfill everything they've been waiting on for the last ten right. years, and it's it's going to be the biggest letdown for any sports game ever. I think it's going to be one of the biggest letdowns of any video game ever. Certainly the biggest since uh, Cyberpunk oh, God. in 2020. That's, privy to that that's a whole other thing. By the way, NBA 2K, not an EA game. I want to clarify that. Uh, it's published by 2K. So I want to make sure that I don't I don't get in trouble with the EA guys. Like, how dare you? That money-making venture is not ours. That's They're trying to fleece. That's the other company that's trying to fleece people. NFL 2K5 if you want to play a great football. Oh, you know what? I don't think I'm I'm just waiting for NFL Blitz to come back from like the N64, you know what I mean? Where like you could like hit people after the thing and the heads would pop off, all that kind of stuff. And I want also want to see uh, I, I want This is this is my huge rant. I'm pretty sure I've made it before in the dubcast, but briefly, I do want to point out that like I miss that they used to have really simple like AAA titles for sports, like things that didn't require you. Now, like there's like Mario Tennis and stuff like that, but I like, I'm talking about fun games that don't necessarily require you to memorize like, 
you know, a 40 page instructional manual just to pass a ball. Like I, I, I like the simple games. I, I'm sad that those have died, um, you know, over the course of the last 10, 15 years, because it's, it's so much like everybody wants to have the, you know, the, the interactive experience where everything is just detailed to the smallest piece of minutia. And it's like, I can't play a game like that. That's too much for me. I'm, I'm old and confused, easily confused. And uh, I just need to where I can press a button and pass the ball. And the more complex a game gets, the, the less interested I am. So, but like I said, I think it's going to be a Madden clone. Um, and as much as I will want to play it, and I, I may, in fact, you know what? Here's the other thing. As someone who works at a library, I want to tell everyone, you don't have to buy video games. You can rent them. You can actually rent video games at your local library and try them. And if you want to buy them later, you should. But try them first and then make the determination if that's something you want to drop 70 bucks on. This is some forbidden knowledge. You have to be very careful. You know what? I, I A lot of people don't know that. It's actually, it, it kind of cracks me up. All right. So tell you what, we're going to do Ask Us Anything. Before we do that, we want to remind you that the Dubcast is sponsored by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. Drygoods.11warriors.com. Shirts, hats, stickers, all kinds of great stuff. I recommend that you buy a few things. They're pretty cool. Um, let's go ahead and get into Ask Us Anything. We want to remind you that uh, you can send us literally any question that you would like to dubcast at 11warriors.com. And, uh, you know, being that we are in the, uh, you know, the off season, when we say ask us anything, we mean quite literally anything. So we've got quite a few. Anything. Anything. Unless we don't want to answer it. (laughs) And then then we won't. Uh, All right. So the first one here is from Kevin, who wants to know, we are watching on Amazon Jack Ryan, which I highly recommend. We just started season three, and to date, he has spies for the CIA in Russia, Venezuela, Italy, France, Germany, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Yemen. If you were a CIA spy, which countries would you want to spy in? George. Oh, man. My dad would love to answer this question. Do you think you would be a successful spy? Because uh, I think I would be terrible at it. Oh, I, oh I would blow God. my cover I've almost instantly. I don't. Obs- I've been obsessed with like stealth video games and stuff since oh, really? like I was a little like kid. Splinter so, Cell, oh, that kind gosh, of. Gosh, yes. Met- no, Assassin's Creed, Metal Gear oh, Solid. Like, Metal no, Gear. I'm, I'm a fiend. Oh yeah. Nano machine. Nano machine. Uh, any- yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, I think I'd be good. Okay. But in terms of like where I would be successful. I mean, I wouldn't want to go into like a conflict zone or like somewhere like I wouldn't want to go to Russia. You get busted for espionage in Russia or like China's. And no, I'd want to like I don't want to be posted up in like Greenland or Iceland. Like so like I'll I'll give you everything you need to know about the least threatening country that you could possibly. Well, if you have to stay undercover, if you have to stay undercover, unfortunately, Greenland and Iceland, probably the two worst places you could possibly go, because in Iceland, there's literally fewer people than in the city of Columbus. I think there's like half, actually, about half as many people in Iceland as are in the city of Columbus. Um, and then Greenland, I don't know. I feel like everybody probably knows everybody else there. Here's here's what I would say. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. If I get caught in Iceland or Greenland, what's going to happen point. versus if I get caught in Russia or China? So I'll accept the challenge of having to be better at hide and seek over the threat of getting decapitated or that's a good point you know good point i think what about you johnny so i would also pick some kind of nordic country in part because it seems pretty chill also you got to find places to hide and (laughs) when everything goes south as it inevitably will because i'll be terrible at it i want to be able to like chill out or hide out in the mountains some rugged area where people won't be able to get to me easily and then i can have like one of those cool extractions from jack ryan and they can helicopter me out or some kind of thing so i'm thinking like maybe even like new zealand i got some buddies in new zealand i could crash with if everything goes south actually i'm going to say new zealand i'm going to say a relatively quiet place out of the way remote someplace where if i screw something up nobody will care too much and then i can go hide in the mountains if i need to so i'm going to say new zealand that's that's a great answer. It's got a lot of biomes, so you don't really right. ever need to leave. So you get a lot of diversity and then, uh, you know, so a lot of different hiding places. And I'm just uh, thinking about Snake Eater. I'm just thinking about the game Snake Eater. It's hard to get. A lot that. of the different animals that you can eat. Yeah. I'll sing the whole song on the dubcast right now. 
What You're so <laughs> what a thrill. Uh, Darkness <laughs> and silence through the night. That's really what the advantage. Don't get me started, Johnny. Um, oh, come on, man! You're gonna get me worked. So on. good. I'll find a ladder for you to walk up or I'll climb up. Um, all right. This next one here is from Nate. By the way, this is another NCAA question here. So it's coming back next year. Uh, what players on the roster now and in the past would give you a 99 overall rating? So if you're thinking about Ohio State, who are you giving a 99 rating to um, on the Buckeyes? Let's do let's do in the past. I don't want to pump anybody up too much. Although, I don't know. Is there anybody on the roster now you would give a 99 to? Because personally, I don't – I mean, I feel like Marvin – if you're going to give a 99 rating to anybody. Marvin, Marvin 100%. Marv, 100% so. Marvin. But that, that's the only guy that comes to mind right now. That I would give a 99 to. Probably. Yeah, but I uh, no doubt 99. Not even close. So who in the past? Because, like, I mean, I think, like, Orla- Orlando Pace, right? Like, it has to be a 99. I think. Yeah. <sighs> I'm trying to think of, like, relative to when the last game came out. So when they actually did give ratings. Oh, out, sure, yeah. Like, who, who from like 2015 through then on that didn't get rated? Like, what do you think? I think they would probably give. So I think they would have given probably Zeke Fields. a 99. I think. Oh, for yeah, Zeke after the championship, one hundred percent definitely would have gotten one. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, as as amazing as Braxton was, I think they would like ding him on on passing is what would probably happen. I feel like that would probably. Like he, I don't think he would be an overall ninety nine. Um, Terrell Pryor might have been though. He was, he was of. I think Braxton was a nine. It, it, I mean, this is just going to speak to how much of a freak I am. But I think Braxton was a ninety five. Oh, there you go. Fourteen. All right. So bringing back the facts. I I hope I'm wrong. If I'm right, it just speaks to how much of a deep <laughs> I am. Don't, don't aspire to be. Um, a, a podcast host that knows these things. I think so. Eddie George, and maybe Eddie George is one of like a legacy player or something like that. I think it would give him one to Eddie George. I think Eddie would have gotten one. Um, I don't know. It's kind of By the way, Orlando Pace had like Hall of Fame Ultimate Team '99 cards in the Madden game, so he 100 percent would have been yeah easily in the EA College easily. Games. So you're right. That's a good question, and you know what? It's going to be fun to see these players when they actually come out with those ratings, like you know how they dispute them or how it works out, because you never know with some of these dudes. And I think in the uh, in the NFL, like definitely there are some guys who disappoint on a year to year basis, but I think that variance is way higher in college. Where some guys, like you think about like Spencer Rattler, who came in and everybody had him as a Heisman favorite, and then he just falls off the face of the planet. That's going to be kind of funny to watch uh, to see how that kind of thing plays out when EA comes out and gives a guy a ninety nine, and then he, you know, just is terrible or something like that. That that's kind of been my fr- as I've gotten older and I've seen how like more realistically athletic careers can happen in arcs or they can you know have peaks and valleys just seeing how players develop or either come in at a very high level and then fall off like i i see it's always the same sort of set of trajectory curves in terms of development in video games relative to the real life experience and that's something that kind of has pulled me gradually out of you know playing the 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 dynasty mode and stuff for the college games as i got older uh so i hope i would hope that's something that they fix but obviously they're probably more focused on bridging the microtransaction yeah that's right that's right no you're right uh last one here's from our good friend alan or alan oh man sorry our good friend alvin i've only said that 500 times i decided to screw it up today that's great uh our good friend alvin wants to know still our good friend do we believe in the alien uh, Wimbyama, Wimbyama, uh as the next goat NBA prospect. How do you feel about Wimby? I said, here's my thing. Um, my, I, I'm either very, very on the money with my basketball takes, or very, very off. Yeah. Um, I said Luka Doncic, and this was, you know, not based on 
my own work, but just kind of like looking at that. I, I thought he was going to be the best prospect since LeBron James, and I feel like I've been largely vindicated in that. At the same time, I also thought that Willie Cauley-Stein was going to have a better career than Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns, and I was very vocal about that in the early goings of their yeah. you know draft stage too. So, And that was mostly out of jealousy of seeing D'Angelo Russell not go number one sure. overall, which, you know, that – a, hel- a bad take spawned out of unhealthy emotion around, you know, the sport. So I try to keep that in mind. Um, I also thought Kristaps Porzingis was going to be what people are saying Victor Weminyama is. Yeah. Mostly based on the fact that he had... I think the game is going in that direction in terms of we're going to get some guy that's just too lanky to be stopped at some point i don't know what victor's height actually i think is seven at. five I've seen to the seven two yeah. i've seen seven five yeah. so it's somewhere but and, and i saw the same thing with porzingis in terms of i would see seven foot seven two there's people that call kevin duran a seven footer so i feel like once you get over that six ten threshold <laughs> at this point it people are just very in and out about that victor's very tall i do think he's an excellent prospect. I like him more than Chet Holmgren, who I think is a similar player that was, you know, recently number one overall. I don't know about number one overall, be high pick. Um, but yeah, I, I I do like him in terms of future goat. I don't consider him at this point more impressive than Doncic, but I I undoubtedly think that the ceiling, you know, you can't deny the physical profile is the direction the game is. I think he's a legit 7'5". I've seen him against, uh, who's the guy? Chandler? I can't remember this dude's name. But they had him uh, up against one of those seven-footers, and he's like, he's legitimately like about a half foot taller than some of these guys. Here's my point. He's, what, 19, I think? Something like that? I don't think he's 20 yet, is he? He not he's not 20 yeah yeah so he's young dude (laughs) part of me is is morbidly curious if this guy's gonna grow like another four or five inches (laughs) and like which i don't know what that would do his game his handle is unbelievable i mean this guy does not uh, there's nobody that size who's ever been that tall in the nba who who is that adept with the ball in his hands i mean that that is really kind of wild to watch and you're right i mean the way the game is the way they're trying to extend the court all that kind of stuff i mean he you know, he posts up for a three and it's like everybody else, you know, 10 feet away from the basket because he's so long. But, you know, he's 150 pounds soaking wet. The guy is, is not super like he's he's not real like solid. Uh, he's playing like one game game a week in the in the French League, basically. Uh, so you don't know what that's going to look like, you know, with the wear and tear over the course of an NBA season. Of course, they're going to like slow pedal the guy. They're not going to have him play 40 minutes a night or something like that. But. I don't know, man. I I think skills wise, he's unbelievable. Uh, can he continue to do what he's doing now in the NBA? I, I think he can to a certain extent. I don't I don't think he's going to be a dude who's going to go out there and be a bust and not score any points. I think he can definitely at least be like a 10, 15 point night guy. The question is though. I mean, he's being hyped up as the next like the best prospect since LeBron. That's pretty high praise, and that means you're going to have to score you know 28, 30 a night. I don't know if he's going to be capable of that, at least for at least a few years until he finds his game, maybe gets a better training program, that kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, you have to. So let me ask you yeah. this. The, a lot of the stuff that you just said, you, you remember when Thon Maker was coming out a yeah, few years ago yeah. and they didn't really have much, they didn't have the college. And he was like the latest hype, like in terms of inter, international prospect that we didn't really have tangible professional or college tape on would you say a lot of the same criticisms that you just had for victor you would have applied to thon yeah i mean i think and i think that's that's the thing man like you never i don't know you just never know with a lot of the guys and it's not it's not like i think he's gonna be minute bowl you know what i mean like it's not he's not just a guy who's there to just stand in the paint and you know like he's got skills is my point um so here's my here's why i bring that up one of the I used to write for uh, the the Chicago Bulls site uh, bloggable.com that was with uh, SB Nation and Vox Media has uh, since it's its own blog now mm-hmm. uh, again after they've divorced after 20 years effectively but so it's no longer published 
But when Thon was coming out in, I believe it was the 2016 draft, I had been writing there for about two years, I think. And I finally, you know, I'd been doing some draft profiles at that point, but I scored my, I was planning my biggest thing to point at that day. And I had, I had gotten an audience with the legendary Fran for <laughs> There you uh, go. That's you awesome. Know, international acclaim. I thought he was going to be a great person to help me figure out, you know, what's the deal with Thon because people were trying to figure this out. You know, is this guy going to be good or is he just a complete, you know, uh, ball is life.com mixtape <laughs> prodigy. Uh, so I, uh, you know, I said not directly to Mr. Fran who, is still obviously celebrating wonderful success in the basketball media world. And sure. I believe, you know, he's the international basketball like guy at ESPN still basically. Um, but I effectively made the case that I thought Thon was going to be, you know, a Kevin Garnett caliber prospect, uh, which, you know, and, which and, and, and Mr. Fran, by the way, that's great. Well, Mr. Fran illustrated a similar amount of skepticism to what you have here with Victor, and so I want to commend you for not being a hype oh, thank you. in the same way that I was in 2016. Then, so I think you have a much healthier take on this than, than and I And the thing is, though, like European guy, I'm, I'm not poo-pooing these dudes. They can come to the NBA. Obviously, we've seen it. Like you just mentioned, they're definitely guys who can have success and be really good. But like <sighs> – Watching this dude, you watch the highlights, you watch some of his games, you're like, man, this guy is is sick. But then you're like, nobody's touching him. Like he, he, he's, I mean, there's no, he, and again, part of that could just be skill. Part of that could be the fact that he is able to do that unimpeded because of the league that he's in. I mean, there's just, I don't know. I, I feel like my must-watch NBA moment when he gets in is going to be whatever team that Draymond Green is on. <laughs> and the first game that he plays him, uh, that's going to be one of the funniest things that I can possibly imagine because he, Draymond's going to go in and, and do try to do something stupid and, and pop him. The, I don't know, whatever. But I, I want to see guys try to go after him because they will. I, I, I'm the founder of the Draymond Green Innocence Project. <laughs> what, I will, what I will say is um, – Draymond didn't. I actually lost my I lost my train of thought because I wanted to make that Draymond was right <laughs> I didn't say that <laughs> I just said that the league office shouldn't have punished him Kiki Vandaway should have won finals MVP oh in 2016 God. that's oh what I'm God. saying ridiculous alright well <laughs> that's dumb but <laughs> you're free to make that take when we do ask us anything because it is kind of the you know it's the danger zone for the 11 dubcast. So thank you for sending those questions in. Uh, Victor Omiyama, uh, total bust. He will not do anything in the NBA. He'll be out within a year. That's my prediction. Um, oh, can I, one, one last yeah. thing I just wanted to say that'll hope, you know, those will tie it in more for the Ohio. I'm sure State fans. That's I, did you, did you, you, you recall Mr. Keita Bates? Of course. I, I you. You, he was also, he was also a man renowned for his uh his length. That's right, his length. If you his will, ability to stretch the floor. Yeah, I I remember when my my roommate and I freshman year at Ohio State in like 2012. So Keita was still a prospect at that point, but he committed when we were freshmen. And I remember we were watching one of his clips, and we we actually doubled over laughing so hard because we couldn't get over like how wide his elbows were like going out to like shoot the basketball <laughs> like his, his shot looks fine he's an nba caliber player he was great at ohio mm -hmm. state it's just the visual of his arms just having to spreads just because of how That's long right. he is and i see the same i don't want to call it a problem but just, just the mechanics I, I, I because just, of how so, there you just can't you just can't help but laugh right. at like how laughably lankier he is than everyone right. else on the floor. Because if so you, I wish him all the success. Right. Because that. if he did like a normal shot, like he would be touching the, like it would it'd be insane. There's no way you can make the mechanics work from where the hoop is to where the ball would come out of his hand. So he's kind of got, he's like a sidearm, like a sidearm pitcher. Like you have to kind of do that to get it in. Cause otherwise you're like, like it's, it's this rainbow shot every single time. It's crazy. I mean, I guess, like I said, the mechanics of things get really weird when you start to get above seven feet in the NBA. And people are like, he's doing things we've never seen at that height. I'm like, yeah, 
let's, I mean, that's, that's kind of, there's probably a reason for that a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, if it's sustainable, that's awesome. Um, and I, I wish him all the best. I want him to be great. I want him to be the next LeBron in terms of like hype and, you know, living up to that, all that, you know, skill set and all that kind of stuff. I would love to see that. Uh, I just am a little skeptical, but we'll see. So that's the, uh, that's the ask us anything uh, for this week. Thank you so much for sending those in. Fantastic as always. We'll keep uh, answering them if you keep asking them. Let's do a couple quick hitter things on our way out. So sadly, we do have to report that uh, Ohio State men's tennis, they fell uh, to number five seed Virginia in the national championship. Uh, they got swept. That was a team that they had beaten twice the season previously. But you know what they say in men's tennis? You know, it's super easy to beat a team twice, but that third time they're always going to bite you. And unfortunately, that looks like uh, that's what happened. So great run for them. Still national runners up. Unfortunately, um, you know, they weren't able to get uh, they weren't able to get that national championship, which I know would have, you know, kind of uh, lessened the pain from uh, the football season. Yeah, and, but, when, and when Texas lost yesterday, we thought. There, oh, I know. That was right. This would be a victory lap. Yeah, we thought they were in great shape, but you know what? Still, still an awesome season for them, and uh, you know, just continuing to contribute to the run of uh, all-around athletic departments. Yeah, I mean, from Ohio State, this you know, year. you so would like to see women's hockey, men's tennis pull out one of those out of their hat, but still, to to have that much success and sustained success, really. I mean, both men's tennis and women's hockey have been great for several years now. Um, you want to see more of that. And, and again, it is disappointing. You want, you want to see more national championships uh, come to Columbus. But I, I do agree that, you know, all these teams have done an amazing job of keeping us interested, keeping us entertained. And I love the fact, again, that we can talk about that, that we can you know, continue to, uh, to write about it on the site and you know, get people excited about stuff that they may not normally, you know, get super invested in because it's Ohio state and you should be excited about all of the sports, not just football and basketball. So um, I think that's pretty cool and, and congrats to them on the awesome season and, you know, come back next year and, and, and you know, and win it, pull it off. Um, next one here, we've got Josh Perry. So NBC is making moves, obviously with the way that, you know, Big Ten broadcasting rights kind of played out. There's going to be a lot of choices, right, for where you want to watch your Big Ten football this year. There's, there's going to be a lot of different options. Uh, NBC has brought in uh, Josh Perry, which is pretty great. Um, he's going to be uh, doing stuff for studio uh, stuff for them. He's going to be a student analysis analyst. He, who has also done, you know, the 11 Warriors radio hour. He's, he's been a co-host. I was going to say. That's right. A 97.1. 11 Warriors contributor. You got to introduce That's him right. with his proper That's title. right. Uh, he's been on BTN. He's done stuff for uh, all kinds of, you know, places. I got to say something. There are a lot of Ohio State dudes in media, right? That's that's not a surprise. It's not a shock. That's not news to anybody. I think Josh Perry is one of the best. I really, really think he's very good uh, on TV, on the mic. I am excited to see him uh, to do that. I thought James Laurinaitis was also really great. And I, you know, I'm, I'm also really glad that he's at Ohio State and doing his thing at the coaching level. But it's cool to see some of the younger guys. Everybody knows about Kirk Herbstreet. And, you know, obviously Spielman was out there for a long time. Um, I like seeing some of the younger guys get some attention on a national level. So that's really cool to see, too. A.J. Hawk is going to have some competition that's- soon for most successful former Ohio State linebacker turned <laughs> media personality. And AJ Hawk, yeah, that's right, man. He's out there with Pat McAfee. I mean, they, they do that. That's the thing. And and I know that Ohio State having that, you know, designator by your name is definitely an end in the media world. I think that definitely gives a lot of guys a leg up. But um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of these dudes are genuinely talented. Josh is a really intelligent guy. Um, I've only talked to him a couple times, but I'm always impressed whenever I do. So I'm excited for that. I mean – I've never talked to him, but I can tell very transparently that he knew what he wanted to do after oh he got done playing yeah. football very quick. He he jumped in. He, he did the stuff with 11 Warriors, and he got the Big Ten Network right away, yep. and he owned his craft, and that's why he's getting this opportunity now. So he, you know, that's a credit to him not only putting the work in, but just, you know, being in a mature enough mindset to understand what you want that early. Right. 
I I put a I put a little story in uh, the Slack this week after this news came out that was from my dad, and uh, I guess when he was in Columbus when I was doing a Jim Trussell football camp, I think it was back in like 2010. Uh, he happened to be in the elevator at the Blackwell uh, when Raquan McMillan and Perry and I think one other member of the linebacking corps were in there too. And uh, he, he, he commented that he remembered that McMillan had been joking that Josh Perry was uh, the old man of the group. <laughs> and my dad said that even at that age, like, you know, Perry, He's it was very transparent ahead, that he was a really mature guy. Right. So it's high character guy that's going to represent Ohio State very well in a very visible role. And uh, we're, we're very grateful to have people like him doing the sports media gigs. So, yeah. Um, and other dudes, too. I mean, Tyvis, who's done stuff with us uh, with 11 Warriors. I mean, he's on 97.1. I mean, that's a guy who is incredible. I mean, he's magnetic as hell. Like that guy is just really, really fun to talk to and listen to. Um, there's a lot of guys, but you're absolutely right with Josh. I mean, he knew exactly what he wanted to do and, and, you know, he's, he's done a great job with it. So that's really cool to see. Um, next thing we got up here. So this is just kind of a quick thing before we kind of get out of here and, and we'll, we'll get off on, on some, you know, some, some sad news some reflecting news. But before we do that, I, I was seeing on the internet, specifically on Reddit, that uh, they brought up that Ohio State on their official football schedule on OhioStateBuckeyes.com has uh, Ohio State listed as 1-0. Uh, already before the season starts and a lot of people on reddit were like oh this stupid it's just like the the thing oh i hate ohio state oh my god so arrogant and it's because ohio state listed the spring game as a win for themselves which i find hilarious i think is actually very funny and a good move and um they should continue this throughout the season and actually what they should really do is subtly troll the rest of college football by like starting off the season by showing like preseason highlights or something like that. And then each subsequent game that they win should have an additional win on top of that, just to say that they have more wins than everybody else in football, mostly just to irritate people who actually care about that. Well, if they run the table, they can say that they were the first team to go six. That's right. That's right. Uh, And they should college football. They should. Yeah, no, it'd be great. And then when they start, they show like one highlight from like each game that they won and they can start (laughs) to want to know with Archie Griffin running into the end. Well, it would be a great way. Even funnier would be is if they show great defensive Ohio State highlights from the defensive part of the spring game and then show great offensive highlights from the offensive part of the spring game and show like how and then talk about about the great competition that they played against and that great victory that they had uh, where Ohio state won 40 to 31 uh, beating of course, Ohio state 40 to 31, but you know, that's those guys ain't good anyway. So it's fine. Um, so that's, I just thought that was kind of funny. And a lot of people on Reddit were like all pissy about it. I'm like, whatever dude, this, it's funny. Therefore it's good. That's kind of my, that's kind of my take on most things surrounding college football. The, the same people upset about that are apologizing for Shen that's, Schenbecker that's on Twitter That's an excellent today. point. Uh, last thing we got to hear, uh, RIP uh, Jim Brown. Jim Brown, legendary running back, obviously for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, considered, I would say, I mean, you know, Syracuse, of course, I would still put him as one of the top five running backs in NFL history. Um, and it's crazy. If you watch this dude, you know, he – he cut his career short a little bit. He wanted to do the, you know, the whole Hollywood thing. But um, you watch this guy, and he clearly was an athlete ahead of his time. I mean, the, the, he was playing against people who just had no idea how to handle his uh, athleticism, um, the way he approached the game as a, a running back. As a human being, definitely a mixed bag. I mean, there were some things about Jim Brown that, you know, were not very savory. I think a lot of people uh, had legitimate problems with the guy and how he conducted himself as a human. But as an athlete, um pretty much one of the greats when it comes to uh to running backs and and definitely a person that will be remembered because of that i think i uh he will be a fascinating person to reflect on as time goes on just relative to the how the nfl sort of tries has tried to repress that era in a yeah, way in a lot of ways because that is an era that's defined by both him and guys like oj simpson and between right. you know trying to keep the trying to keep the the era where they weren't addressing the head trauma as much um relative to you know what a lot of those players ended up going through afterwards i think that's something that 
probably needs to be considered for a lot of people that played particularly a, a high impact position like running back during that sure. era. That's not to excuse any of his behavior, but it it will be interesting to as the game continues to evolve and distance itself from the time that Jim Brown played in, reflect on the person that he was, not only as a football player, but as, you know, a media personality, right. as we see so many of these other players try to build their own brands in the same way that right. uh, he he did with his. Now, what I will say is you you Cleveland people need to let go of your icons. LeBron is in California <laughs> and Jim Brown, let him rest in peace. Yeah. All right. The, it's time to let go and move on and move into the new era, Cleveland. Right. Come on. Who who is the new person for Cleveland? Who who is that guy that they can like prop up as the next Deshaun Watson? Deshaun. <laughs> but that's the thing, man. That's who they've hitched their wagon to. And you know what? And that's the thing. Because look, Jim Brown, you know, he was accused of a lot of a lot of really bad things in his life. Um, he also was a civil rights activist, did a lot of really important things for the inner city, uh, meant a lot of, a lot of things to a lot of people on that level too. And I don't think that can be discounted, but man, like, <laughs> I just, he was the OG UFC commentator. Right. Not a lot of people know. He, that. I mean, you know, a fascinating dude. Um, and I, I would agree that maybe if your next step is Deshaun Watson, maybe it's understandable why would you hold on? to a Jim Brown longer than maybe you normally would. Um, maybe there, there are, there should be better options, I guess is maybe a, a good thing to think about. You know what? Let's see. They would never do something like that in Cincinnati. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. And you know what? Here's the thing about Pete Rose. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's not Cleveland. It's not just Cincinnati. It's everywhere. Not everybody not everybody gets a Jackie Robinson, right? Or an Arthur Ashe or like somebody, you know, or somebody's just unequivocally, unequivocally awesome. Um, no, those are all in Columbus. And then as you get right. further out. Well, we have Archie Griffin. So and Archie Griffin's kick ass. So that's, that's the thing. And it's like, you don't have, I guess you don't have to make that decision as a fan. You can say, I want to hold people to a higher standard in general, no matter who they are. And um, with that said, you know, you look at the totality of somebody's life. Jim Brown was an incredible athlete, did some amazing things. Obviously you got to talk about some of the other stuff, um, but definitely somebody who you think is worthy of being remembered. So RIP to him and, you know, all the best to his family. Um, and if, you know, you want to remember him, watch some of his highlights. I think you should, I think it's important. So anyway, that's the dubcast for this week. We'll continue to talk about all the things going on in sports, Ohio state or otherwise. Um, Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week because I'm Johnny. I'm George. And have a great rest of the day.